Section 8, Volume 5 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 8. Three hundred and eighty fifth night to three hundred and eighty eighth night. When it was the three hundred and eighty fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the lad fell passionately in love with the slave lass. So one day, when the other boys were heedless, he took her tablet and wrote on it these two couplets What sayst thou of him by sickness waste? until he's clean distraught for love of thee who in the transport of his pain complains nor can bear load of heart in secrecy now when the girl took her tablet she read the verses written thereon and understanding them wept for wrath of him then she wrote thereunder these two couplets and if we behold a lover love for done desiring us our favours he shall see yea what he wills of us he shall obtain and so befall us what befalling be now it chanced that the teacher came in on them and taking the tablet unnoticed read what was written thereon so he was moved to pity of their case and wrote on the tablet beneath those already written these two couplets addressed to the girl console thy lover fear no consequence he is daft with loving low's insanity but for the teacher fear not aught from him love pained he learnt long before learnt ye presently it so happened that the girl's owner entered the school about the same time and finding the tablet read the above verses indited by the boy the girl and the schoolmaster and wrote under them these two couplets may allah never make you parting dree and be your censurer shamed wearily but for the teacher never by allah i of mine beheld a bigger pimp than he then he sent for the kazi and witnesses and married them on the spot moreover he made them a wedding feast and treated them with exceeding munificence and they ceased not abiding together in joy and happiness till there came to them the destroyer of delights and the severer of societies and equally pleasant is the story of al-mutalamis and his wife umaymah it is related al-mutalamis once fled from al-nu'uman bin munsir and was absent so long that folk deemed him dead now he had a beautiful wife umayma by name and her family urged her to marry again but she refused for that she loved her husband al-mutalamis very dearly however they were urgent with her because of the multitude of her suitors and importuned with her till at last she consented albe reluctantly and they espoused her to a man of her own tribe 
Now on the night of the wedding, Al-Mutalamis came back, and hearing in the camp a noise of pipes and tabrets, and seeing signs of a wedding festival, asked some of the children what was the merrymaking, to which they replied, They have married Umayma, wife of Al-Mutalamis, to such an one, and he goes in to her this night. When he heard this, he planned to enter the house amongst the mob of women, and saw the twain seated on the bridal couch. By and by the bridegroom came up to her, whereupon she sighed heavily, and weeping recited this couplet. Would heaven I knew, but many are the shifts of joy and woe, in what far distant land thou art, my Mutalamis, O! Now Al-Mutalamis was a renowned poet, so he answered her, saying, Right near at hand, Umayma mine, whenever the caravan halted, I never ceased for thee to pine, I would thou know. When the bridegroom heard this, he guessed how the case stood, and went forth from them in haste improvising. I was in bestest luck, but now my luck goes contrary. A hospitable house and room contain your loves, you two. And he returned not, but left the twain to their privacy. So Al-Mutalamis and his wife abode together in all comfort and solace of life, and in all its joys and jollities, till death parted them. And glory be to him at whose command the earth and the heavens shall arise. And among other tales is that of the Caliph Harun al-Rashid and Queen Zubaydah in the bath. The Caliph Harun al-Rashid loved the Lady Zubaydah with exceeding love, and laid out for her a pleasance wherein he made a great tank, and set thereabouts a screen of trees, and led thither water from all sides. Hence the trees grew and interlaced over the basin, so densely that one could go in and wash without being seen of any for the thickness of the leafage it chanced one day that queen Zubaydah entered the garden and coming to the swimming bath and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and eighty-sixth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that Queen Zubaydah entered the garden one day, and, coming to the swimming-bath, gazed upon its goodliness, and the sheen of the water and the overshading of the trees pleased her. Now it was a day of exceeding heat, so she doffed her clothes, and, entering the tank, which was not deep enough to cover the whole person, fell to pouring the water over herself from an ewer of silver. It also happened that the caliph heard she was in the pool, so he left his palace and came down to spy upon her through the screen of the foliage. He stood behind the trees and espied her mother nude, showing everything that is kept hidden. Presently she became aware of him, and turning saw him behind the trees, and was ashamed that he should see her naked. So she laid her hands on her parts, but the mount of Venus escaped from between them, by reason of its greatness and plumpness, and the caliph at once turned and went away, 
wondering and reciting this couplet. I looked on her with loving eyne, and grew anew my old repine. But he knew not what to say next, so he sent for Abenovas and said to him, Make me a piece of verse, commencing with this line. I hear and obey, replied the poet, and in an eye twinkling extemporized these couplets. I looked on her with longing eyne, and grew anew my old repine, for the gazelle who captured me, where the two lotus trees incline. There was the water poured on it from ewer of the sylvan mine, and seen me she had hidden it, but was too plump for fingers fine. Would heaven that I were on it, an hour or better two hours line. Thereupon the commander of the faithful smiled, and made him a handsome present, and he went away rejoicing. And I have heard another story of Harun al-Rashid and the three poets. The prince of true believers, Caliph Harun al-Rashid, was exceeding restless one night. So he rose and walked about his palace, till he happened upon a handmaid overcome with wine. Now he was prodigiously enamoured of this damsel, so he played with her, and pulled her to him, whereupon her zone fell down, and her petticoat trousers were loosed, and he besought her of amorous favour. But she said to him, O commander of the faithful, wait till to-morrow night, for I am unprepared for thee, knowing not thy coming. So he left her and went away. But when the morrow showed its light, and the sun shone bright, he sent a page to her, saying, The commander of the faithful is about to visit thine apartment. But she replied, Day doth away with the promise of night. So he said to his courtiers, Make me somewhat of verse introducing these words. The promise of night is effaced by day. Answered they, We hear and obey. And al-Rakashi came forward and recited the following couplets. By Allah, couldst thou but feel my pain, Thy rest had turned and had fled away, Hath left me in sorrow and love distraught, Unseen and unseeing that fairest may. She promised me grace, then jilted and said, The promise of night is effaced by day. Then Abu Musab came forward and recited these couplets. When wilt thou be wise, and love heat allay, That from food and sleeping so leads astray? Suffices thee not ever weeping eye, And vitals on fire when thy name they say? He must smile and laugh, and in pride must cry. The promise of night is effaced by day. Last came Abenovas and recited the following couplets. As love waxed longer, less met we tway, And fell out, but ended the youthless fray. One night in the palace I found her foe, Yet of modesty still there was some display. The veil from her shoulders had slipped and showed, Her loosened trousers love seat and stay and rattled the breezes her huge hind cheeks, 
and the branch where two little pomegranates lay. Quoth I, give me tryst where to quoth she, to-morrow the fane shall wear best array. Next day I asked her thy word, said she, the promise of night is effaced by day. The caliph bade give a myriad of money each to al-Rakashi and Abu Musab, but bade strike off the head of Abu Nawas, saying, Thou wast with us yesternight in the palace, said he, By Allah, I slept not but in my own house. I was directed to what I said by thine own words as to the subject of the verse. And indeed, quoth Almighty Allah, and he is the truest of all speakers. As for poets, devils pursue them. Dost thou not see that they rove as bereft of their senses through every valley, and that they say that which they do not? So the caliph forgave him, and gave him two myriads of money. And another tale is that of Musab bin al-Subair, and Aisha his wife. It is told of Musab bin al-Subair that he met in al-Medina Isa, who was one of the shrewdest of women, and said to her, I have a mind to marry Aisha, daughter of Talha, and I should like thee to go herewards and spy out for me how she is made. So she went away, and returning to Musab, said, I have seen her and her face is fairer than health. She has large and well-opened eyes, and under them a nose straight and smooth as a cane, oval cheeks and a mouth like a cleft pomegranate, a neck as a silver ewer, and below it a bosom with two breasts like twin pomegranates, and further down a slim waist and a slender stomach with a navel therein, as it were a casket of ivory, and back parts like a hummock of sand, and plumpy rounded thighs and calves, like columns of alabaster. But I saw her feet to be large, and thou wilt fall short with her in time of need. Upon this report he married her, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and eighty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Issa this wise reported of Aisha bin Tala, Musab married her, and went in to her. And presently Issa invited Aisha and the women of the tribe, Kuryash, to her house, when Aisha sang these two couplets, with Musab standing by. And the lips of girls that are perfume sweet, So nice to kiss when with smiles they greet. Yet never tasted I them but in thought of him, And by thought the ruler rules worldly seat. The night of Musab's going in unto her, He departed not from her till after seven bouts, And on the morrow a free woman of his met him and said to him, may i be thy sacrifice thou art perfect even in this and a certain woman said i was with aisha when her husband came in to her and she lusted for him so he fell upon her 
and she snarked and snorted and made use of all wonder of movements and marvellous new inventions and i the while within hearing so when he came out from her i said to her how canst thou do thus with thy rank and nobility and condition and i in thy house quoth she verily a woman should bring her husband all of which she is mistress by way of excitement and rare buckings and wrigglings and motivations what dislikes thou of this and i answered i would have this by nights rejoined she thus is it by day and by night i do more than this for when he seeth me desire stirreth him up and he falleth in heat so he putteth it out to me and i obey him and it is as thou seest and there also hath reached me an account of abu al-aswad and his slave-girl abu al-aswad bought a native-born slave-girl who was blind of an eye and she pleased him but his people decried her to him whereat he wondered and turning the palms of his hands upwards recited these two couplets they find me fault with her where i default never find save haply that a speck in either eye may show but if her eyes have fault a fault her form hath none slim built above the waist and heavily made below and this is also told of harun al rashid and the two slave girls the caliph harun al rashid lay one night between two slave girls one from al medina and the other from kufa and the kufite rubbed his hands whilst the medinite rubbed his feet and made his concern stand up quoth the kufite i see thou wouldst keep the whole of the stock in trade to thyself give me my share of it and the other answered i have been told by malik on the authority of hisham ibn orva who had it of his grandfather that the prophet said whoso quickeneth the dead the dead belongeth to him and is his but the kufite took her unawares and pushing her away seized it all in her own hand and said al aamasha telleth us on the authority of kaisama who had it of abdallah bin masud that the prophet declared game belongeth to him who taketh it not to him who raiseth it and this is also related of the caliph harun al-rashid and the three slave girls the caliph harun al-rashid once slept with three slave girls a meccan a medinite and an irakite the medina girl put her hand to his yard and handled it whereupon it rose and the meccan sprang up and drew it to herself quoth the other what is this unjust aggression a tradition was related to me by malik after al-suri after abdallah ibn salim after said bin said that the apostle of allah whom allah bless and keep said whoso enquickeneth a dead land it is his 
and the Meccan answered, It is related to us by Sufyan from Abu Sanad, from Al-A'arai, from Abu Horiaira, that the Apostle of Allah said, The quarry is his who catcheth it, not his who starteth it. But the Iraq girl pushed them both away, and taking it to herself, said, This is mine, till your contention be decided. And they tell a tale of the miller and his wife. There was a miller who had an ass to turn his mill, and he was married to a wicked wife, whom he loved, while she hated him because she was sweet upon a neighbor, who misliked her, and held aloof from her. One night the miller saw in his sleep one who said to him, Dig in such a spot of the ass's round in the mill, and thou shalt find a hoard. When he awoke, he told his wife the vision, and bade her keep the secret, but she told her neighbor. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and eighty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the miller's wife told the secret to the neighbor, whom she loved, thinking to win his favor, and he agreed with her to come to her by night. So he came, and they dug in the mill, and found the treasure, and took it forth. Then he asked her, How shall we do with this? And she answered, We will divide it into two halves, and will share it equally between us, and do thou leave thy wife, and I will cast about to rid me of my husband. Then shalt thou marry me, and when we are conjoined, we will join the two halves of the treasure, one to other, and all will be in our hands. Quoth he, I fear lest Satan seduce thee, and thou take some other man other than myself, for gold in the house is like the sun in the world. I reck therefore it were right that the money be all in my hands, so thou give thy whole mind to getting free of thy husband, and coming to me. Quoth she, I fear even as thou fearest, nor will I yield up my part to thee, for it was I directed thee to it. When he heard this, greed of gain prompted him to kill her. So he slew her, and threw her body into the empty hoard-hole. But day overtook him, and hindered him from covering it up. He therefore took the money, and went his way. Now after a while the miller awoke, and missing his wife, went into the mill, where he fastened the ass to the beam, and shouted to it. It went on a little, then stopped, whereupon he beat it grievously. But the more he bashed it, the more it drew back, for it was affrighted at the dead woman, and could not go forward. Thereupon the miller, unknowing what hindered the donkey, took out a knife and goaded it again and again, but still it would not budge. Then he was wroth with it, knowing not the cause of its obstinacy, and drove the knife into its flanks, and it fell down dead. But when the sun rose he saw his donkey lying dead, and likewise his wife in the place of the treasure and great was his rage and sore his wrath for the loss of his hoard and the death of his wife and his ass 
All this came of his letting his wife into his secret, and not keeping it to himself. And I have heard this tale of the simpleton and the sharper. A certain simpleton was once walking along, hauling his ass after him by the halter, when a pair of sharpers saw him, and one said to his fellow, "'I will take that ass from yonder white,' asked the other. "'How wilt thou do that?' "'Follow me, and I will show thee how,' answered the first. So the cony-catcher went up to the ass, and loosing it from the halter, gave the beast to his fellow. Then he haltered his own head, and followed Tom Fool, till he knew the other had got clean off with the ass, when he stood still. The oaf hailed at the halter, but the rascal stirred not. So he turned, and seeing the halter on a man's neck, said to him, "'What art thou?' quoth the sharper. "'I am thine ass, and my story is a wondrous one, and tis this.' know that i have a pious old mother and come into her one day drunk and she said to me o my son repent to the almighty of these thy transgressions but i took my staff and beat her whereupon she cursed me and allah changed me into an ass and caused me fall into thy hands where i have remained till this moment however to-day my mother called me to mind and her heart yearned towards me. So she prayed for me, and the Lord restored me to my former shape amongst the sons of Adam. Cried the silly one, There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah the glorious, the great. Allah upon thee, O my brother, acquit me of what I have done with thee in the way of riding, and so forth. Then he let the cony-catcher go, and returned home drunken with chagrin and concern as with wine. His wife asked him, What aileth thee, and where is the donkey? And he answered, Thou knowest not what was this ass, but I will tell thee. So he told her the story, and she exclaimed, Alack, and alas, for the punishment we shall receive from Almighty Allah! How could we have used a man as a beast of burden all this while? And she gave alms by way of atonement, and prayed pardon of heaven. Then the man abode a while at home, idle and feckless, till she said to him, How long wilt thou sit at home, doing not? Go to the market, and buy us an ass, and ply thy work with it. Accordingly he went to the market, and stopped by the ass-stand, where, behold, he saw his own ass for sale. So he went up to it, and clapping his mouth to its ear, said to it, Woe to thee, thou never do well! Doubtless thou hast been getting drunk again, and beating thy mother. But by Allah, I will never buy thee more. And he left it, and went away. And they tell a tale concerning the Kasi Abu Yusuf with Harun al-Rashid and Queen Zubaydah. The Caliph Harun al-Rashid went up one noontide to his couch, to lie down, and mounting, found upon the bedcloths semen freshly emitted, whereat he was startled and troubled with sore trouble. So he called the Lady Zubaydah, and said to her, What is that spilt on the bed? She looked at it, and replied, 
o commander of the faithful it is semen quoth he tell me truly what this meaneth or i will lay violent hands on thee forthright quoth she by allah o commander of the faithful indeed i know not how it came there and i am guiltless of that whereof you suspectest me so he sent for the kazi abu yusuf and acquainted him of the case the judge raised his eyes to the ceiling and seeing a crack therein said to the caliph o commander of the faithful in very sooth the bat hath seed like that of a man and this is bat's semen then he called for a spear and thrust it into the crevice whereupon down fell the bat in this manner the caliph's suspicions were dispelled and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section 8 read by lars rolander